Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, we take time to pause and reflect on 2023 during this special Sabbath Sunday presentation with Pastors Rich and Don Cherie Wilkerson. Start the year in strength with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Discover resources and gatherings at vuchurch.com slash pray first. Now let's lean into the message together. Well, hey, everybody. Happy Sunday, wherever you are tuning in from. I want to welcome you today to VU Church. In fact, today is actually our Sabbath Sunday. Uh, Once a year, it's always sort of become the last Sunday of the year. We take it off. We don't gather physically, but rather we just gather digitally. And wherever you're tuning in from, maybe you're on vacation, maybe you're in your home with your family right now. We're just so glad that you are joining us. Dontree, I can't believe it, but like, It feels like yesterday that we were right here doing this very same thing. Where in the world did 12 months go? 2023 after tonight is in the can? Man. I can't believe it. I woke up this morning and I was just thinking, it really does feel like yesterday that we were recounting last year. But God's done so much this year that when we start to reflect, I, I really am. I'm blown away. I think for the last few years, Collectively, the whole world has been pointing back to before 2020, before 2020. But I felt like this year, God moved us out of that season Mm. and we weren't making up time or making up ground, but we've taken ground this year. God has poured out his grace on our church. He's expanded our family. He's done so much. And I'm just really grateful. There's a little game that we play in our house. It's called highs and lows. If you had to kind of give your high of 2023 and your low, which one should we start with first? Let's, let's start oh with the good news. Good goodness. news first. Quickly, quickly. High of 2023. My high of 2023. I'm trying to think right now. Give me some ideas. Give me a, give me I have a lot of wonderful things. You turned 39. I, I mean, that would not be a high. I think probably like uh, summer vacation was really special okay. as a family. I loved that. I think my low for sure was like just last week, Wyatt Wild broke his elbow. Yes. But, you know, he's going to be out of that cast in no time. We broke, ha- it, it was bound elbow. to happen when you name your kid Wild. Broke his elbow, but got a green cast out of it. Exactly. I think any little so boy fire. named Wild is excited about it. Um, I think my highs and lows, my low, didn't have any lows. God was really, really great. (laughs) (laughs) But my high, it's really easy. I think we're sitting in my high right now, which is we're actually coming to everybody today from our brand new, kind of hard to believe, our brand new location, which is opening up uh, this next month in January. We're in Miami Gardens right now. We're in the auditorium space. And in so many ways, this is like a full circle moment. because. Eight years ago, we were launched out of this place. And if you think about a circle, the reason why we say it's full circle is because eight years ago, we were launched out of this place. And here we are, we're coming around the bend and we're beginning again. Yes. A brand new place. It's a fresh start from this very location. And so it's very, very exciting to be in this space. Yes. Just being in this room. We love this house. We love every inch of this building. Uh, We've spent years serving in this building. And I can't wait to see what God has in store this this next year. I thought what we do today, maybe a little bit, is just take some time. And it's important, you know, as you're around with your family today, I would really encourage you. I don't know what time you're watching this. Maybe you're watching it live or maybe you're watching it a few days from now. Maybe you're a podcast listener and you're in your car. It's really important that as you come to the end of a thing, that you take some time to celebrate. Mm -hmm. No doubt you had difficulties. We're talking about our highs and lows. I mean, this year we discovered this terrible diagnosis of my father, uh, of him having cancer. We're in need of a miracle. And while that is really bad news, the year is also just full of all sorts of good news. And I want to be a person that as I step into the new thing, that I take some time just to thank God for his faithfulness and his, his work in our lives. Um, I was thinking about that story of King Herod. We've been around the Christmas story and last week we, it was, was Christmas. And so we've all been preaching the birth of Jesus. Isn't it amazing that Herod, he hears the news of Jesus, which is good news, but Herod's so full of pride, so full of arrogance. Mm. He hears the good news as bad news. It's true. And what a scary place to be in when good news is going forth, but where you're living your life, the soil of your life cannot receive the good seed of God's word. And so I want to start this year going, all right, 
I want to make sure that as good news is coming my way, I don't filter it through my anxiety, filter it through my depression, filter it through my fear. I want to filter it through the hope of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways, one of the practices that we in our home have been able to do that is just by looking backwards and saying, thank you, God, yes. that you've shown up in my life. I might not be where I want to be. And now I'm going to preach to myself, but I'm not where I used to be. That's and right. That really is the story of even Boot Church. Yes. Uh, we've got a lot of things we're believing for. But how did God do all of this in just eight years? Yeah. And, you know, it's not 2024 yet. You still got one day left in 2023. This is the Eve. It's New Year's Eve. And Eve means the immediate moment right before the event, right before the next chapter. And it's important on New Year's Eve that you take the time to reflect. Maybe you have your journal and your Bible together today as you're listening or tuning in. Maybe you take some time as a family or, or by yourself with God to reflect on the year and thank God. Because let me tell you, this immediate moment, it's about to shift into next year. And God has a lot waiting for all of us in 2024. But I think taking this day to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've already done gives us strength for what he's called us to tomorrow. Beautiful. I thought we'd play a little game with you. Yeah. Because um, I think sometimes there's a lot of word that goes forth in the year, a lot of good news that goes forth. But um, sometimes maybe people forget all that was preached and brought to them. So let's play a little game. Uh, we kicked off last year, 2023, with a brand new collection, Happy, Healthy, Holy. Uh, give us some reflection and tell <laughs> us what that collection was even about from your vantage point. She doesn't even know oh I'm asking this stuff. Oh my goodness. You remember, you remember any of those messages? Well, if anybody knows me, like I, I mix up all the words and I, what do you I, think I, that I can't, what I do you don't th have the photographic what memory what do you think that last you year? do, but I know God changed my life through it. There you go. What do you think I preached about last year well, in January? I, I know that happy, healthy, holy yes, was me. about living content in Christ. Okay. Finding fulfillment. Yep. Um, that every part of our being, our body, our spirit, there our mind, our heart, that all of it is a part of God's design for us to walk in the fullness of Christ. How, how did I do? What I think would you, you did really, really good. I think that the key word that I would add for anyone out there listening, is we started last year doing soul work. And I think that, that I like we that. live out of our soul. Yeah. I think so many times as we come into this new year, all of a sudden we're all setting new goals and it's all this exterior, external type of work. But man, if you don't do the internal work first, it doesn't matter. And I think the, the tagline that I loved over and over again in that collection that I continue to believe for myself is that soul care is not selfishness. That's right. Soul care is stewardship. Yes. And soul care is the most important care that we take the time to care for the innermost part of our lives and it brings health to everything else. Uh, I think the world is very focused on self-care. I think soul care is the deeper work and the one that brings a lot of fruit. And it is the deeper work because Jesus said to us that um, the two greatest commands, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. He doesn't even take time to teach you how to love yourself. He assumes that you already know how to do that. That as you first love God, that you're going to value the fact that God sent his son for you. Yes. I think people in 2024, is that what we're saying now? Yeah. I think at times we can so have such a, a poor image of ourselves. We can so look down upon ourselves and devalue ourselves. But when you understand what God did for you, that he sent Jesus for you, right away you re recognize, man, I'm not worthy but I'm certainly not worthless. Yes. That's a word for somebody. That's right. I'm not worthy of God's grace, but I'm not worthless. He sent Jesus in my place. Therefore, I am valuable. He's designed me. He created me. He's created me who I am. And so I'm going to take all of who I am and serve him. But he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So if you don't know how to love yourself, if you don't value yourself, you're never going to know how to serve other people. You're never going to know how to lead people, care for people. I think it was St. Catherine of Siena who said, you are your chief neighbor. Like, mm. like the way that that's you right. take care of yourself is going to be the way that you take care of other people. And so even as we start this next year right now, I think everybody should set goals around soul care about making sure that from the inside out, mm. heart, mind, body, uh, relationships, that those things get aligned so that the entire year can follow. I know for you, you're um, taking some real big uh, steps. You were telling me you were Man. taking some big steps. Come on, let's just put it out there you're now. Out well, I got a marathon in three weeks and I've been telling the church that they're so tired of hearing about it. Well, what I'll, are you doing this year just, for your body? I for your am, physical temple. I'm going to start working out this year. Talk I about it some more. Elaborate some more. Give us some of the things you you're know, thinking about. I was active in my youth. I've been having babies. What kind of act activity and, uh, did you do in your youth? 
I did tennis. I did softball. I did twirling. I did you different twirled. sports. I is did twirling for like, a sport? Is that what, what do you do I think I did for it for like 12 or 13 years. We got to get yeah. some photos of her twirling if we can. Yeah, I used to twirl fire batons. I don't believe that. And then I played tennis. You've said that to me for years. I don't believe Not you ever twirled competitively. fire. You, you're acting like but you're a Polynesian dancer. Stop acting like, you know that I taught you how to play tennis in college. You ever been up to the Mai Kai up there in Fort Lauderdale? Is that, still, is that place still open, Greg? The old Mai Kai? Pina coladas? I, I used you're to telling me that on the weekends yes, but to now support our family, you're twirling fire at Mai Kai? Is that what you're saying? Okay, true story. Yeah, on this stage right here, I twirled fire batons probably about 14 years ago. I want you to do it that was again. for, I think, a compel night or something, and I li- I, I, it's definitely not safe, but I did it inside <laughs> this building. We did all sorts of things in our 20s here in church. Safe. They told us last week for Christmas Eve that we couldn't have real candles. We had to, we have to use those electric yeah, ones. Yeah, you got to be safe. Which really takes all the, the joy of Christmas yeah. Eve away from me. I need real fire. I am starting to work out, though, so okay. you can hold me to it. And um, what, what is that? What, just what do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be two, walk to, around the two park to three or? times a week. I'm not going to get into the specifics okay, of it. Yeah. You know, Good. Um, let, happy, let me walk my journey. Happy, healthy, holy, yeah, exactly. Don Cherie. All the way. Well, <laughs> all right. The next collection that we did, if you can remember, you actually you actually preached quite a bit. In it. it was called Living Together. Any idea what that was about? Relationships. <laughs> We've been preaching on relationships for... Yes. How long, Rich? I don't know, babe. As long as we've been together, I think. 16 years. Yeah. And usually in February, which is interesting. I want you to take some of your advice. But I actually thought living together was one of my favorite conversations about relationships we've ever done. Because I think just conceptually, the thought of, yes, I love you, but what is it like living with you? That's a completely different dynamic. Yeah. Just the day-to-day moments, um, your calendar, the conversations, the logistics of life together. And I, I loved living together. Well, I think, I think the key to living together and the key of longevity and relationships that you don't hear talked about very much is not just loving someone, it's liking them. That's right. And uh, I don't want to just be in love with you. Love is a decision. Love is a choice. But I you wanna, like me. I, I, I want you to. You like me a it's lot. It's a desire of my heart to Thanks, like you. Thanks, babe. I like it you too. It is a desire of my heart Woke to like you. Woke up today liking you. I like you so much. I know she still loves me, but I don't, I don't think, think she, she likes me anymore. That's George Strait. George Doesn't really Strait, get played classic. a lot in Miami, but. 17 uh, years old. By the way, we have the chili cook-off this year if you want to be at that. <laughs> what are these references? And Don, she will we'll be twirling fire at the Mike Kai. Yeah. Uh, she does that on Friday nights. That's just in the struggling seasons for us of how we get by. Stop, um, we'll do whatever Rick. it takes. We'll do whatever it takes. It's inappropriate jokes. It is. You can't use that part. Of course it's you like, can use it. Of course you can use it. It's not I think, appropriate. I think what's important for our church to hear that as we move into 2024, four different locations, it's that strengthening families and strengthening marriages has always been mm. a massive mission in our heart. That's right. Maybe just talk for a moment because it is the holiday season and people are together. Why is healthy families, healthy marriages so important in a, a church? Well, because God created the family. I think the family is God's blueprint to bring his love around the world from generation to generation. Uh, this truth of the gospels passed down. And I think when we strengthen families, we're really strengthening the next generation. We're strengthening what God loves with all of his heart. And I think when it comes to family and relationships in general, a lot of times we think that families should just be strong and great by default. Everyone should just show up and play their part. But any healthy relationship takes continued investment. So even as, you know, the holidays are coming to a close and I don't know what this next year looks like for you, as you plan your calendar, be sure that you put focused investment time for your family and you're going to reap a harvest from that. I've noticed that even relationships that are really strong, if you don't continue to invest in them, they, they grow weak. And with our family, we've got to prioritize it. Well, and all throughout the Bible, Jesus's favorite metaphor for his love for the church is a marriage. That's right. And what that tells me is that the way that God wants to illustrate the way that he's loving us is he wants to point to a healthy marriage. So what does Mm -hmm. a healthy marriage look like? Because healthy marriages produce healthy churches. And I know for me, I've been married now for 17 years. Is that right? Yeah. 17 years of marriage. I've been a son for 39 years. I've been a father for 
uh, coming on six years. I've got some experience, right? Yeah. But just because I have an experience doesn't mean I'm an expert. Yes. And I think over and over again, what we need is we need God's word brought to us in fresh ways that we continue to learn what God says about these things. I'm not just living from my experience. I need to go, God, what is your plan? What is your blueprint for a family? What does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to be a son? What does it mean to be a husband? There's all sorts of things in God's word. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Oh, wow. Sons, honor your mother and your father. Husbands, love your wife like Christ loves the church. Mm. Right away, these all of a sudden become key principles that I need to learn about from God's viewpoint. Otherwise, I can start thinking, oh, I've got my own experience. I'm an expert. I've been married for 17 years. I know what I'm doing. Now, I think every year we need, like, like that car going in and having a tune-up. It needs to be fine-tuned. It needs to be sharpened. It needs to be re-oiled and refreshed. And I'm excited about those conversations as we step into 2024 because I think we're seeing in our kids' spaces, mm-hmm. in our Vu High space. I mean, it has been it has been a historic year for Voo Church in so many ways, but one of the areas that needs a lot of love and needs a lot of attention and needs a lot of celebration is Voo High, yes. is the kids' ministry. Man, it's close to 500 kids every week checking in at Voo Kids. Voo High is having record-breaking nights once a month. All of this is a sign that families are coming and are part of our church, and they're raising their kids in God's house. That's why we're building buildings. That's, That's right. why we're, we're spending our money and sowing seed because it's for the generations to come. And uh, we're going to continue to build the family unit right here at Vu Church. Yeah, we are. God is building families at Vu. And every family that comes, you know, I, I'm reminded that God knows exactly what we need. Yep. And when we draw close to Jesus, you know, our vertical relationship impacts all of our horizontal relationships. And so by pursuing the path of following Jesus, I become a better daughter. I become a better wife. Amen. I become a better mother. I become a better sister. Amen. I become a better friend. And God's transforming us from the inside out. And when families don't put Jesus first, they miss out because God's process is always the best process. Yep. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us new desires. He gives us new vision. Oh, I didn't grow up in a family that honored or spoke life or decided to speak love. But Lord, you've changed my heart Very and good. you've given me the courage to get uncomfortable Very good. and to speak words of love to build my home and my family. Very good. It's funny, off the dome right now, I'm just reflecting. That's how my brain works as a preacher. I wonder if there's any other preachers that are watching right now. Like, I'm just, I trace the year through the sermons that were preached. And it makes me laugh because we went from living together. We were leading up into Easter. We did a, a collection called Christ in Crisis. I don't you're, know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, but you're very, I guess, line, linear, right? Smart, smart. You just have it all in order. For Wise, me, it's like a pot handsome. of gumbo. It's don't, just don't. all those messages. Yeah. They're just in one big pot. They melted together. It's I just, hope so. It just smells good. I've and been discipling you for years it's now. It's great, but I'm going to let you lead. No, I'm just remembering. I have no Christ idea crisis. the order. We went into Easter. Do you remember year. anything about Easter? Y- yes. What do you remember about Easter? <laughs> it, was our, <laughs> it was our largest Easter ever. There you go. Right? Yeah. So many families joined us. So many people from all over the city. Do you know, um, do you know, <laughs> <laughs> do you know the message of Easter? That is so messed up. I'm totally kidding with you. He's not there. That's, that's the message. <laughs> oh, you, you wanted gonna... the title? No, no I no, didn't no. know the title. No, no. Was that he's, the title? No, he's risen. Oh, yes, no. of course. He's alive. <laughs> you he got up out of that grave. <laughs> um, from there, we started making our way towards VUCON. You love it. And uh, we were preaching on the Holy Spirit. And we were preaching on icons. I and, loved this collection on icons. I think, I think the Lord did some really, really important things in mm-hmm. people's lives as we came around the person of the Holy Spirit, looking at the different icons, um, the dove, which is what you preached on. Yes. Uh, it's we, a harbinger of hope that ringing in a brand new era that the Holy Spirit is with us every moment as we step into 2024. You're not alone. This journey is not for you to figure out out of your own smarts or wisdom or intellect, but rather the Holy Spirit inhabits your life and he leads and he guides and he's faithful to give us exactly what we need when we need it. What a gift the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. And I think even in your own life, you've kind of really testified a lot about the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit acting in your life. 
how has that been such a game changer for you personally? Because obviously we preach these messages, which are scriptural, but what's so cool about this book is that this book, which is an age old book that's been preached and taught through from the centuries is also a very personal book that really impacts us and transforms us. And I know for you, like you talk about it often, but maybe just share a little bit about how the, the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. I think the Holy Spirit, since I was a teenager, has just brought such comfort to my life and confidence to my life and an awareness that I'm not alone. I think there are a lot of moments in our life, if we're disciples of Jesus, that we're following and we're following out of trust and obedience. And it's not based on a feeling because any true commitment, it's not based on a feeling. My marriage, it's not based on a feeling. I wake up, I'm committed to my husband, but with Jesus, it's a real relationship and it's based on commitment. There are times that our cup is empty. And I've just been amazed throughout my life. Like it's the most precious thing that you can go to God in prayer. You can surrender and he fills you up. He meets you there. He gives you the strength you need. He gives you the wisdom. He gives you the assurance that you're not alone. And while our our relationship isn't based on a feeling, there are moments where the Holy Spirit encourages you out of nowhere. When you lift your eyes to heaven, you go, God, I need help. And you're reminded that you're not alone. And I just think that for years I was paralyzed by fear, by insecurity, intimidated by the path in front of me. uh, Oh my goodness. Well, I grew up singing. I would literally hide in the bathroom during service because I didn't want my dad to call me up. Like, Because what would he do? He would just... He would say, Don Shree, come on up here and sing. At the end of a message, in the middle of a message? It could be anytime. could be during worship. What would he want you to sing? He'd just call out a song? Uh, Yeah. That is kind of frightening. But I I mean, that's the family I grew up in. I'm thankful my dad was drawing something out of me. But I, I, I was trying to do it in my own strength. So would you ever say, no, I'm not going up yes, there? Yes, I did. And I remember had, one time like a, uh, on a woman platform. in our church. You know, you have low moments where you say no. And I, I, a very low moment for me as a teenager was a woman had lost her husband in our church. And she asked for me to sing in the funeral. And I was so paralyzed by fear. I said no. And I remember being in my dad's office and crying. I didn't want to go out. And um, I just share that to say that I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit where I like just said, God, I'm done making fear um, the king of my life. Like I'm done being bound. I felt bound. I felt like I was living small. And I said, God, whatever doors you open, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to walk through them even if I'm afraid. And what I found is as I surrendered, the Holy Spirit met me there and gave me strength to walk through it. And I would still be afraid, but he, he showed me that it's worth it. It's worth the battle. I think it's really important to state that because I think people sometimes hear message about the Holy Spirit and if they don't actually make it, if they don't get a revelation of, of a story even like that, that like, man, I was bound by fear. How many people are today are bound by fear? Yeah. I talked to so many people, even believers that know how the story ends, but are not stepping into all that God has designed for them, not because God isn't with them, not because God hasn't called them to it, but because they're afraid. Mm. And the Holy Spirit, I think, is the difference maker. I want at VU Church for our church to be led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, empowered. There's the key word, empowered by the Spirit of God. And in Acts chapter 2, Jesus is really clear. He's like, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. That's right. It's not power to be great or power to be cool. It's, it's power to do what he's called you to do. And it just turns out that many things that God calls us to do are scary in our flesh. That's right. I'm really, really afraid in my flesh to step out and launch another location. How do we pay for it? How do we staff it? How do we open all these places? But when you're led by the spirit of God, when you're filled with the spirit of God, a, he gives you his fruit, which we know those things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. But he also gives you his gifts and his gifts help you evangelize and help you testify and be a witness of what Jesus has done in your life. And when you know you're walking into a situation, it's like, um, remember that one time, I don't know, you and I years and years ago, I don't know, I think it might've been, we were in Paris. I think it might've been around yay's wedding or something years ago but we had a night we were in paris and we were trying to get into that restaurant i can't remember what it was called it was like this like hot spot place and we couldn't get in like there's no way for it we kept trying yep. and then all of a sudden we're kind of sitting guy. on the curb and this guy comes out with his little dog and yep. his little dog starts playing you're playing with the little dog 
And I wasn't playing with the little dog, but I said the dog was cute. You I, said the dog was cute. Yeah. You, you don't play I, with dogs. I don't dogs. play with That's dogs. That's true. But yeah. you were being kind, which is, yes. I appreciate you being kind to strangers. Um, but somehow the guy like, he like take, took a liking to us. And he's like, what are you guys doing out here? And we're like, oh, we, we, we can't get into the restaurant. And he's like, oh, come with me. He's like, I own the place. And we're like, oh, okay. And we go back up to that host. It was wild. <laughs> that host was like, was they great. were so rude to us before. But then we walked in with him. They're like, oh, they here's your so table. Kind. And they sat us down. Yeah. And to me, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, no, 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 no. But then all of a sudden you walk in with a brand new confidence. You walk in with a brand new authority because it's who you're walking with. And I think he's showing you a different path. So if you're going to follow the Holy Spirit, it's going to look so much different from what the world would tell you to do. Yeah. You know, when you go to the Holy Spirit first, he's going to give you a different response. You know, a a kind answer turns away Mm -hmm. wrath. He's going to teach you a path of forgiveness. He's going to teach us a path of boldness. And what I've seen time and time again is in the lowest moments of my life, I have felt the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit on me in a supernatural way. And it's because it's, it, it's like we read that he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Mm. So God's not looking for strong people. He's looking for people to surrender. And I can just tell you so many markings in our life. I mean, I can think of moments in the hospital with you, like concerned about our children. Um, when I was pregnant, concerned about our babies. And it would be low moments where God's power would rest on us. He'd give us supernatural faith and strength to walk through it, trusting him. And that's a gift. That's a gift from God that he, he gives you the strength you need when you need it. It's really, really good. Um, we, we kind of came out of that collection. We went into VUCON, but then I got like locked on this. I think I did like three or four messages on oil. One of the symbols of the Holy yes. Spirit alone. Don't take and my oil. Don't I remember that. Oil. Don't yes. lose your oil. I love it. Don't waste your it's oil. Powerful. And um, sometimes that kind of happens like, in kind of a preaching flow where you kind of get into a text. It was all around that David being anointed, I think first Samuel 16. And then before, you know, I just started seeing all these other kind of angles on it. And that's sort of a fun place in the artistry of it all where you kind of get lost in it. But I think all of those messages on the Holy spirit in particular really set us up for what VUCON was this year. Yes. And I know the year is coming to a close, but man, like what a powerful, powerful time in God's presence and what a, reconfirmation for so many, including myself, of just how important the gathering is, how important it is to bring friends and family from all over the world and take three days just to worship God, Mm. to encounter him. And, you know, it's always been founded on those three things, to encounter God, to equip leaders and to empower leaders, equip the church and empower next generation leaders. And I'm just proud of our church, like the thousands that served, our staff who just pours themselves out whenever there's that level of commitment and sacrifice, the other side is always going to have a significant move of God. And this year we just saw the Lord do so many things. And, you know, even as we come into 2024, like I'm always trying to like help our church, especially those that really call VU part of their, you know, part of their life. I want to lead, but I also want to always be vulnerable enough. Like how do you share the weight I think people don't want to follow a fearful leader or a worried leader. I'm not fearful or worried, but I want to be vulnerable enough to say it's a massive thing that we carry. It costs a lot of money. You're inviting people. We're asking a lot of people to do a lot of things. But I think the result of it over and over again, every time we finish it, I think everyone on our team, everyone around us goes, that was worth it. It's like we've been talking in this whole weight collection. It's, It's worth it in the sense of when you give birth to the baby, you're like, yo, yes. that was nine months of being pregnant, but delivery date when I'm holding that baby in my arms, mm. it's worth it. And that's how VUCON feels. I feel the same way. What do you, what, what's stirring in your heart? Because I know we're, we could reflect on it and there's great recaps. As we're stepping into 2024, last year we talked about a new iteration. That was the entire premise. But as we're stepping into this, this next year, what are you really hoping for? What are, you, what are you believing for? What do you see with it? Maybe just from your angle. Well, I think VUCON is one of the great mandates of our mission in Miami. I think it's one of the greatest things that God has called us to pour 
our time and our focus and um, just all of our creativity, our prayer into. I, I think of VUCON as like a fire starter for all that God's doing in our community. So much of the second half of this year and the momentum we feel and the miracles we're yes. experiencing, it's coming off yeah. of the wave. I agree. Of VUCON. And if if we could all just catch that yeah, revelation. Very good. That it's almost like, you know, when you start a bonfire, I'm from Louisiana, I love a good bonfire. You get a fire starter and it's this concentrated, powerful, little yeah. bitty piece of wood, but man, it can burn. And it's like, what happens instead of just coming to an hour and a half service once a week, if you place yourself in God's presence for three full days mm. with thousands of others who are a part of the same community, what could God do? Well, now we see a bonfire and we see this beautiful light, but it started with a catalyst. And I really think that that's what VUCON is. And I'm excited for what God has this year, but it really starts with us. And so I would ask you that even now, as you're putting your goals for the year, that you would just mark that weekend and say, that's where I'm going to be. And my prayers are pointed in January towards June. Already in January, yeah, that's my good. heart is expectant for June because God is going to encounter us. I look at every single message, every worship moment. It marked my life. And God does that every single year. I think Pastor Louis Giglio said it best. It's Mount Watsko. God's yeah. called us to this mountain, this place of worship, this altar to bring God the highest praise and to recommit again to what he's called us to do in this city. And so, man, I get excited talking about it because I think it's a really holy thing. Yeah, and I think I think for us as we're even sitting here, as we're at the end of this year, it's like really challenging the people who are a part of Voo Church. Like, number one, get registered. Yeah, <laughs> like, please. I mean, how much of our life, please. how much of our life, 16 <laughs> years now in the ministry, we've literally we saying, been saying it, get registered yeah. for something, but um I even want to do that with a fresh take and a, a, a fresh vision because we know the impact it makes in our lives. Mm. And I think that you just gave a great, really a great metaphor that it's like, it's a, a little fire starter. I want to be a part of helping set fires in people's lives. Um, well, really we hear testimonies, you know, from 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Yep. I loved all the testimonies that came from this year. So many people in our community mark back to a VUCON. Yep. That that's where God changed them once and for yep. all. And their life has never been the same. And, and this year we're talking about future glory, which I think is such, such an important, such an important teaching that needs to be, I think, in these times, preached mm. very loudly to the church. Thank you, God. And it's not a new message. It's very, very old. But that early church that felt, felt so much pressure, so much oppression and persecution, the thing that they hung on to in their times of confusion, uncertainty, mm -hmm. when they were literally being slaughtered for what they believed in, it oh wasn't God. about... Um, the promise of this life. It mm -hmm. was about the promise of the next life. It's the future glory. And I think it's even Romans that says that if we want to share in God's glory, we must be willing to share in his suffering. suffering. And I want to build a church. Once again, I want to be a leader and a person that teaches people how to suffer well so that they can share in the glory well one mm. day. And I think we got to get that future glory constantly in front of Amen. us. Um, and we're able to walk through it because we walk together. Absolutely. I think maybe one of the most impactful uh, moments of the year, and I would say the last two years, uh, it's fun to kind of look at the calendar this way and follow it because I sort of see it, you know, you're, we're kicking off this next month in January on Mature Me, and in many ways, it's, it's the same happy, healthy, holy spirit, which is talking about where do you need to mature? I'm sure we'll be talking about relationships somewhere in February or March. I'm sure we'll be very explicit gospel messages leading up towards Easter. And so our calendar sort of kind of mirrors each other. But I, it seems like as I've been coming off from break the last couple of years, I try to take a few weeks in, of, in July and not preach. And we kind of try to be with our family. Um, it seems like the last couple of years, coming back into August, there really has been what I would determine as a freedom collection or a healing collection. And here's the real spiritual word that once again, probably needs to be brought back that people need to hear again. It's a deliverance collection. Yes. Whether that was daddy issues two years ago or this past year, it was, I hate you, but it's killing me. And man, we're still getting testimonies and stories. I was in California just a couple of weeks ago and I was stopped somewhere and someone walked up and just said, man, I just listened to that message. 
Um, I love you, but I don't trust you. Thank you for, for sharing that. And maybe Don Cherie, just for a moment, just this whole idea around forgiveness. Why do you think that hit and resonated with people in the way that it did? Well, I think forgiveness is the message of the gospel. So I think it's central to just our human experience. Yep. And it's our message of hope, but it's not just hope. It's, it's continued healing. Mm. And so I, I want to live a life yeah. that has an expectation that God, you are healing me yep. and you will continue to heal me when I'm 50 years old, when I'm 60 years old, you're going to continue to heal good. my heart. And I think forgiveness, it digs beneath the surface. Everything can be good here at face value, but what's really going on in my heart and what am I harboring? Like the living room looks good, but what's going on in the closets? Because ha has it been a mess for 10 years? And does God actually want to bring clarity and healing and make space for a miracle, but I'm holding on to bitterness? And so I, I really think forgiveness, Jesus forgave us. So when we accept that forgiveness, he gives us the power to forgive others. Doesn't mean what they did was right. Doesn't mean that it's justified. It means that they no longer control us by what they did. And we choose mm. freedom, but freedom has a cost and forgiveness is costly. And you know, we say it in our community that it's you absorb the pain, right? That you decide every morning to cast your cares on Jesus. And when the anger rises again, I forgive again. And so it's not just a one-time moment, but it's literally keeping the soil of our heart clean and continually uprooting those weeds and those roots that need to go and allowing the Holy Spirit to prune us so that the life source within us isn't split off, mm. but it's focused where he wants to focus it so that that can grow and flourish. Well, I think so many of us don't realize how important forgiveness is in yes. your own personal life. Like one of the tactics of the enemy, the way, mm -hmm. the way he sets up a stronghold is he first gets a foothold. Yes, he does. And when you give the enemy a foothold, if you give him an inch, he, he's going to take it a mile. And the way that he gets a foothold is that we have these little areas of offense, these little areas of disappointment, but these little fester. areas where someone slighted us, hurt us. And when we don't deal with it quickly, when we don't cast it out, when we don't choose to forgive, have a conversation about it, that foothold forms a stronghold. And a stronghold is one of these words that I think many times we hear it and it's like, oh, that's really churchy. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is just a, it's a fortress of, <laughs> of two different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like not enemies, but uh, when, when you're in a battle, if you have a stronghold, it's yeah. a place that you are guarded. Place, yes. It's a safe place. And so when the enemy has a stronghold in your life, what it is, is, is that it's walls set up. Watch this. It's walls set up where God's truth mm. cannot get to you. Yes. So if you want to know if you have a stronghold, simply any area of your life that you are unable to receive the truth of God's word. Wow. So think about all the different topics that could be sexual, that could be relational, mm -hmm. That could, be a, that could be a message where someone's preaching on greed. But if you're greedy and you have a stronghold in your life, it's that you cannot even begin to hear the message of generosity. Yes. So forgiveness is one of those things where it's like, yo, someone could be teaching you and preaching the good news. Here's that whole full circle moment now of Herod. Herod, here comes good news. But he's so self-righteous. He's so arrogant. He's so prideful. He's hearing the good news of Jesus, the birth of him. And he goes, I want to kill Jesus. I want to snuff him out. The same thing happens to us where there's this stronghold in our life where forgiveness is being preached, but you know you have a stronghold of unforgiveness when you can't even hear the message of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And that's what even happens. We, I think we even see that where it's like, we live in a world right now today that is so heralding justice. It's, it's, it's mercy for me and it's justice for you. It's actually an indication that you've got a stronghold going on, that you don't want to hear about grace you don't want to hear about forgiveness. Me preaching on forgiveness is actually offensive to mm. you, primarily because you have, a, you have a stronghold in your life. That's why the Bible tells us that we have to tear strongholds down. We have to renovate our thinking. We have to constantly do that work if we're going to walk into the transformed life that he has designed for us. Yeah, and I've never said it this way before, but I think when we take up offense, we create a defense. <laughs> 
And I think that when you think of a stronghold, a stronghold is a defense. And so what does that sound like day to day? Well, you can point out a stronghold when someone starts a conversation or when the Holy Spirit puts his finger on a certain situation in your heart and your first response is a defense. There you go. Well, they hurt me. Well, they are wrong. Well, they shouldn't have done that. And I think when our first response is defense, there is no opportunity for the Holy Spirit to Mm. do the work in us. That's why we know scripture says that God wants to take a heart of stone. Stone builds a defense and he wants to give you a heart of flesh. Very good. And so today, if you're struggling with unforgiveness, we've all struggled with it. We all continue to try to allow God to uproot it because it doesn't do anything good in us. But if you're struggling with unforgiveness today, I'd say maybe the first step is simply to put your defense down with God and to open up your heart to what he might want to say. Because it may sting, but it's the healer at work. And he wants to fully heal you. And we saw so many people set free as we just decided to dig through what does it look like to really, really forgive? And freedom is attached to the truth. Yes. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if there's a stronghold and truth can't get in, you can't walk in real freedom. And we don't realize it, but we preached a lot. Maybe we could show some of that B-roll of me building that cage. Offense is offense. Mm. Offense, hate creates a gate. It creates a cage that we live in. And if I don't deal with the unforgiveness in my heart, the hate in my heart, the hurt in my life will turn to hate in my heart. And I will genuinely become like the person who hurt me because hurt people hurt people. And it, it's just, it, it becomes such a negative cycle that so many people live in. And if we just play the blame game, if we don't actually ever point the finger at ourselves and say, actually, I'm the one who's in need of forgiveness. And it's only when I receive God's forgiveness that I'll have the power to forgive others. We're missing out and it's slowing us down. It's that, it's that quote. Unforgiveness is drinking poison. Drinking being it's going to hurt the other person. Um, you're not getting even. You're not getting revenge by holding unforgiveness. You're hurting yourself. And maybe on this eve, as you're stepping into 2024, yeah, the most important decision you can make is to lay there that unforgiveness down. So most important decision you could make today is to go, I'm not walking into 2024 carrying this person yep. with me. The weight will crush you and it will limit what God wants to do in this next year. So you're on the eve and there's an immediate invitation from God to forgive just as he forgave you. It's, it's very, very important. I think if you're going to have some New Year's resolutions, put some things on that list, which yeah. is letting go of the hate in your heart. Call someone up, even tonight. Apologize. Have the conversation. Have the awkward conversation. Forgive someone. Like, If this community can do anything for you, that would be one of the greatest gifts we could ever give you, Mm. which is to encourage you to reconcile with the people in your life. Life is too short. You know, you start to recognize, you start to recognize the fragility of life when your father gets a diagnosis of cancer or where loved ones in your life, you lose them. Man, life is too short to live hurt. Life is too short to live offended. Life is way too short to live with unforgiveness. And man, God's done miracles in Vu Church. Man, he wants to do a miracle in your life. Yes. And the great miracle that he does in our life is that he forgives us. Um, As we came into the fall, we did our first ever collection, our very first ever collection on finances. And we talked about, wait till I get my money right. And I think we're still seeing that as we're coming up to the very year end right now, people are continuing to give. And that collection was important to me because it wasn't just a message on generosity or tithing. It was a message about financial freedom, where you're investing and stewarding and that you're called to multiply. Faith doesn't maintain, faith multiplies. And I was actually really, really impressed by our church. This is just kind of like a pastoral, like, man, the attendance was up. Yes. We had great testimonies. All the salvation. How did we see so many salvations? During a conversation. Tell me why that would be. From I, your I think it's very spiritual. I think that when you start to talk about money, you talk about a stronghold. I think money is a stronghold in people's lives. And so we saw salvation skyrocket during a conversation on finances. I think it's the reason why Jesus spoke about it so much when we read the New yeah, Testament. I think he was always trying to go for the heart. And where your treasure is, there your heart, there your will, heart be will be 
also. And so we saw so many salvations. We saw so many people touched. I had so much fun talking with our college students at VU College about it, all of them making wise decisions, deciding to tithe, deciding to steward their finances, deciding to, to dig deep and make a budget and start to, to steward the, the little that God's put in their hand, knowing that God multiplies yep, very good. those that really take seriously what he entrusts. I think for both of us, we're passionate about it because in college we made a decision that we were going to put God first and we've seen him be faithful. And I got to tell them, hey, it was a long time ago at this point that I was in college, but I can testify myself that if you'll just trust him with a little, he'll do more than you can imagine. It's really, really good. I mean, we sat in those directors meetings this year and we were just looking at weeks where we had, I think, 90 people, 99 people giving their life to Jesus. Incredible. And I think there is... uh, something you're touching on. When Jesus says, you know, you can't serve both God and money, he's comparing himself to the only other God that he ever talked about, which is the God of mammon and materialism. Yes. Because we want to put our trust in that. And one of the ways that we showcase our trust in God is by surrendering Mm -hmm. our finances. This thing that represents our time and our talents, it is our treasure. And we're saying, no, actually, God, my heart is with you first and foremost. I trust you first and foremost. I'm seeking you first and foremost. And it just so happens that when I put you first, you take care of the rest. That's right. And I think we're witnesses of that. We've testified about that. But it's really powerful to see a community of thousands of people jump on board. And even right now, if you're listening to this, once again, I know people are probably listening to this weeks later or in their car. Maybe you're, I'm thinking about all the South Florida people, probably people yeah. going to Disney World on <laughs> January 2nd or something with their kids. So whenever you're listening to it, that's cool. But a lot of us are listening to it right now live in our homes, and it's December 31st. I would just even take a moment just to say, man, God is up to something at VU. And I feel like I've been saying that for eight years. And for eight years, people have trusted that and believed in that and sewn into that. But if you can't see it now, I'm not sure if you're ever going to see it because these are miracle stories transpiring right now that we're in this room. This is Miami Gardens. This is a hundred thousand square foot property. Yes. This is a nine acre property that I believe that God ordained the moment. But what he does is he doesn't just give it to us. He invites us to participate by sowing seed into it. And the reason why I just, I think it's important that it's December 31st is that you can still be in on the miracle. Yes. You can still give before the year is out. And I like that idea of like, man, imagine, imagine if you could have known about Apple stock year one and you knew what it was going to do. I think in many ways, Voo Church in God's kingdom right here in South Florida is like an Apple stock that I can invest into it. It's not that your uh, ROI is going to be awesome for your own personal banking portfolio. But I do believe in this. um, Well, God's kingdom is the best thing you could ever invest in. Absolutely. I think it's Is it an ERI? What is it? Eternal return on investment? I don't know. But up in heaven, I believe that we're going to, it's that future glory that we're going to be a part of seeing souls won from this place. And so it's like, don't miss the opportunity. Like even with the year out, like, New year, if you're starting the new year, like become a tither, like become a generous giver, get your finances in order so that you can be a blessing. I think things like this, it's like, I'm grateful for the stewardship of our house, which in the new year we'll release an annual report about what God did in 2023 and how the money's spent. I think transparency and all those things are so very important. Um, But man, I want us to be a church that's ready to be a blessing at any moment. And the way that you do that is you got to budget, you got to steward, you got to save, you got to give because opportunities from God, they come suddenly. Yes, they come suddenly. suddenly. My friend Mike was preaching the other day. He says, suddenly feel slow. Mm. That's a word because I've always preached God is slow fast that it's really, really slow, but then all of a sudden it's suddenly, it's fast. And so the suddenlies, they come slow, but then they happen. So we weren't planning on this 10 weeks ago, right? but here it is. And we're in a position now to do something. And I'm just heralding the good news and testifying it because as we came out of that collection, the Lord gave us a word this summer, which was about fresh start. And so we leaned into that little verse that touched you from a little girl, Isaiah chapter 40, those that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings of eagles. They shall walk run and, and not run grow not weary. weary, walk, walk and, and not faint. faint. And we have been leaning into that as we come to the end of the year. Yeah. Wait, just wait, uh, wait and see. It's going to be worth the wait. Who's waiting on 
who? I mean, this is all Let's fresh go. right now. I could just start preaching to all of them right now. You've been now. preaching. It's incredible. And, and, and that is, that's, that's the word for us, I believe, that we're going to keep waiting on God and he's going to strengthen us. Well, we're right at the crossroads of eight years of VU. And we know that eight signifies new beginnings. Mm-hmm. And so we did. We titled it, this is, this is our fresh start. And we're going to wait on God and God brings the renewal. He brings the fresh start. And on this eve, this immediate moment before the new year, I'm just reminded of how God has accelerated the vision over like just the last few weeks. I mean, money makes a terrible God. It makes a terrible God, but money in the hands of a believer is a powerful tool. And we have the vision at VU. You know, it's incredible to see that we have multiple locations. We have blueprints already created for what we believe God's called us to do. And our hearts united. We're going to see this vision accelerated. There are going to be more seats at the table. We're going to raise up the next generation knowing that they aren't just loved by God, but they are called to proclaim the good news that that great commission is is for them. And I, I'm excited to see what God's going to do. But I, I feel like right now we've waited for eight years and it feels like a rocket is taking off right now. And we're just holding on like, Lord, you're doing a lot at once, but it's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. And everything about your calling is outside of your comfort zone. That's right. And everything that God's called you to do is going to require you to stretch and trust in him. And I just want to say, as we're kind of coming to a close, that many of you maybe are watching right now, or maybe you're listening to this, and this word of fresh start, it is the word of the Lord. It is a new beginning. Today, you can have a new beginning by putting your trust into Jesus. Maybe that's the first time, or maybe that's a recommitment. Bro, I don't know what your whole year has looked like, but man, why not end the year in relationship with Jesus? It's not what you know, it's who you know. Do you know Jesus? Because it's in Jesus that you become a child of God, that all of your sins, past, present, and future, they are washed clean and you are reconciled to God and heaven is your home. I don't know what's going to happen in this life. I don't know all the suffering we're going to face, but I do know that there is a future glory and it's a home called heaven. And as we're in this room today, I feel like so much of it is prophetic fulfillment. And just little by little, God just continues to build my faith. And I'm hoping that this story of what you're seeing, Don Tree and I have been in Miami now. It marks 16 years of ministry in this city. And so it's not just an eight-year story. It's a Mm. 16-year story of the two of us sowing our lives into Miami, into Dade County. But come January, we're going to be in four different locations all the way from North Miami, Miami Gardens, all the way down to South Miami and things in between. Look at God. And it's scary. It requires us to trust. It can be uncomfortable. You know, when you walk into the promised land, I think I told you this the other day, there's a word for me, word for you. The promised land, even the promised land, the first time you put your foot in it, feels uncomfortable. Even the promised land is full of opposition. There was giants in the promised land. But just because it's uncomfortable and just because there's giants doesn't mean you're not supposed to enter into it. And the other day I was just, you know, I don't know if you're, ever, I, I still do this sometimes where I just pick up my Bible and just start reading. I've got my own reading plan and my own study plan, but sometimes I just pick it up and I just read. And I just opened up the other day and this is what I read. I, I, didn't, I didn't go looking for it. It was just right there. And I thought it was fitting. And it was an encouragement to you. Maybe it'll be an encouragement to you. It's First Chronicles chapter 17. After David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a palace of cedar while the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. And Nathan replied to David, whatever you have in mind, do it for God is with you. Watch this. That night, the word of God came to Nathan saying, go and tell my servant, David, this is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a house to dwell in. I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought Israel up out of Egypt to this day. I have moved from one tent side to another, from one dwelling place to another. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say to any of their leaders whom I commanded to shepherd my people, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took from you, I took you from the pasture 
and from following the flock to be a ruler over my people. I have been with you wherever you have gone and I have cut all of your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name like the name of the greatest men of the earth and I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people of Israel. I will also subdue all your enemies. I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. And when your days are over and you go to be with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. One of your own sons and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. I will never take my love away from him as I took it away from your predecessor. I will set him over my house in my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. I read this the other day and by no means do I think that this is some specific word for me in my situation, but I couldn't help but think of the timing of it and how precious God is to bring a fresh word even to me in this particularly strange, difficult, peculiar, but supernatural time. And what we just read is we read David complaining to God saying, God, I'm sorry, I never built a temple for you. God said, no, you're not gonna build a temple for me, but rather I will build a palace for you, David. But after you die, I will take your son Solomon and I will establish his name. I will establish his kingdom and I will be with him and he will build a house for me. And I just sit in the middle of a miracle and my father who has been in the ministry for 50 plus years, 25 years here in Miami, maybe he never built the entire church that he always envisioned, but man, he fought many battles. He fought his own lion. He fought his own bear. He fought his own giants. Yet somehow I believe that the story continues through his own children. As we step into this Miami Gardens place, I'm telling you what, even what we see here today on this property is not all that we will see in the future. We're gonna build new auditoriums even here. We're gonna build out the spaces here. This story is not over. It is just beginning. 25 years of what's been happening at this property. Well, guess what? It is, my friends, a fresh start. And I believe that word that God gave to David, I'm taking that word that he gave to Solomon for my own, that God will establish us. God will walk with us. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. And we too, like Solomon, will build God a house that many will marvel at and many will come from the east, the west, the north, and the south. And they will know that this is a God story. And friends, we get to be a part of it. And uh, 2023 has been a miracle year for Voo Church. But would you join with me and would you believe that 2024 is going to be greater, it's going to be better, and God's name will be heralded through this ministry. The best really is yet to come. We love you so much, and we're standing with you in this season. We're believing that 2024 is going to be your greatest year yet. Dontree, would you pray? And let's believe as we step into this next year. The Lord goes with us. God's faithful. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Thank you for sending your son who you loved to die a brutal death so that we might have life. Thank you for the resurrection power, God, that lives in us today because you conquered death, hell, and the grave. And God, today we just... We thank you for the year that is in front of us. We don't know what it holds, but we know that you hold it in your hands. God, we entrust our families to you. We entrust uh, what we're working towards to you. We entrust our emotions and our desires to you. We entrust the impossible situations that we face. Yes, Lord. And we know, Lord, that you're able. So Lord, we lift up all of our family and friends that need a miracle today, that as we pray for Rich's dad to have a miracle this month, Lord, we stand together with so many people around the world who are also believing for a miracle. And we pray, Lord, that you would move 
We thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your love, for your forgiveness and your mercies that are going to meet us every single morning this year. We love you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's go 2024. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present, and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.